the other hand, it's, it's quite true as well. And I think Pentecost grounds us. Pentecost gives us a vision of what we're doing and why we're doing things. So Pentecost basically was uh, a festivity in the Jewish uh, time, which was kind of like our harvest. And this was 50 days after um, the Passover. So after Jesus died and rose again, 50 days later, had this big feast. And God chose that day to start his church because it was a feast where everyone was gathering together in Jerusalem. So everyone was getting together. So he decided, I'm going to do something amazing now that everyone's here so that everyone can see how great I am. And that's how it all started. Um, for those of you who kind of know the story, basically Jesus died, rose again, and he said, now wait till I come in power. And there's a group of disciples gathered together, praying, and suddenly it says that there was like a sound of rushing wind, like a whoosh, a big whoosh that kind of shook the, the place where they were around, and they started speaking in tongues. It says tongues of fire, but um, we interpret that as speaking in different languages. And then they went out, and they were speaking these random languages, because people had gathered in Jerusalem from all around, and they all spoke different languages. So they're hearing in their own language about how great God is. And that started uh, a ripple effect of something amazing that was the beginning of the church and the beginning of the expansion of God's kingdom. It was a bit like throwing a massive stone into a pond. And, you know, it does a big splash, but then the ripples start going round and round and round. And, and I think the ripples of what happened then are still going round the world. What God did at that first Pentecost is what he's still doing around the world. It's just shaking people and getting them infused with what he has to do. And Pentecost basically is the beginning of something. If you think of Christmas, Christmas is Jesus coming as God with us, Jesus coming to us. The resurrection, death and the resurrection is God doing something amazing for us, God for us. And Pentecost is God in us. It's a kind of change of status. It's God coming and dwelling in us. And we spend a lot of time in this service worshipping because we think that as we worship, as we worship God, as we sing his praise, God comes and fills this room, but he also fills us. And that's why he spends so much time in worship. That's why in this service especially, we spend a lot of time singing, because we know that as we sing God's praises, he comes and fills the room and fills us. And we want God to fill us. We want God to change us. We want to experience his presence. But how, how does this work? How can it be that God is everywhere and yet we pray for him to come? Why do we sing Holy Spirit come if God is already everywhere? How, how does it work? Why do, would we call someone who's already here? And, and basically how this works is that the Holy Spirit is everywhere. He's omnipresent. So he's everywhere in every place at the same time. But he chooses to manifest his presence. He chooses to make himself present in special ways. And that's what Pentecost was all about, him manifesting himself. It's a bit like becoming more dense. It's a bit like making his presence more, making us more aware that he is here with us. And that was Pentecost, was God who is everywhere, suddenly getting these group of people and showing them, look, I'm actually here. and making them feel something different and sense that he is there. And that's what he used to do. And that's what he continues to want to do in and through us. And um, I think as Christians, we are called to want to kind of have that more, have that more of that sense of God's presence in us, feel his presence a bit more, make his presence more dense 
through us and in us because that's really encouraging but also that changes us and that's what we are made to do that was what we are meant to be always experiencing God's presence and some years ago now maybe 10 years ago um, I was at a, a conference and um, it was actually a, a three-day retreat we had for young adults um, probably more than 10 years um, and now, if I do the math, um, but but actually, uh, I remember I was we had a little room of prayer, and um, I, w- I was praying, and suddenly I had this kind of image in my head, which I had never had something as vivid as that before, and it was an image of this kind of big field, um, and and suddenly I, I felt something like someone something calling me quite far away, and it's a bit like you know when you you hear that kind of voice of danger, it's a bit like I I sense like in a way as if my wife was in danger. And you know when you desperately just, you hear the danger and you run off. I do that a lot now. I hear my kids shout on the other side of the house. I just dash off because you hear the kind of, and you don't know what's happening. Well, I had that same sense uh, and I, I kind of felt, I was a bit fitter than I am now, but I kind of sensed that I was running through the fields, just doing my best to get to that place where I was being called to go. And when when I had that picture, I just felt that God was saying, that's how I want you to pursue my presence. That's how much you want, you have to hunger for my presence. That's what I'm calling you to do, to dash off, to run off, to desperately run for my presence, because that's what you're called to do. And that's what God wants to do in each and every one of us, to have, have that hunger, that wanting to be in his presence, because his presence is so amazing. So let's have a look at the Bible. I'm going to read um, just uh, a bit from John 14, and it says this. If you love me, this is Jesus talking to his disciples just before dying, and he's talking about what's going to happen afterwards. And he says, if you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. I will talk to the Father, and he will provide you another friend so that you will always have someone with you. This friend is a spirit of truth, but you know him already because he has been staying with you and will even be in you. And Jesus promises the Holy Spirit to come to our lives. And he says, it's better that I leave so that the Holy Spirit can be in your life. And what this reminds us is that we are not alone. That in our times of doubt, in our times of fear, in our times of anxiety, of depression, of loneliness, of being completely lost, we know that he is with us always. We are not orphans. We are his. And then the passage says this, the next uh, side says, then one of them asked, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? And it's a really good question. Um, he says, why, why do we get to s- feel this so, so much and others don't? And I, I love that the, the disciples are asking this question. What they're saying is, why is it that we sometimes pray and things don't happen. Why is it that we pray for people who are ill and they're not healed? Why is it that there's so much bad stuff in the world and you don't always act as we want you to? And I love it because at the heart of it, Jesus wants us to know that these questions were asked, asked, and he wants us to know that the answer is we are called to trust him. We're called to remember that we can't control God. He's not an energy. He's not a force which we just control as we want. He's not kind of magic like Harry Potter. He's not something that we just direct and tell what to do. The Holy Spirit is a person, and therefore we are called to trust him. 
And the last bit of the passage says this. I'm telling you these things while I'm still... Sorry. The last bit says, The friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request, will make everything plain to you. He will remind you of all the things I have told you. I am leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you. Peace. I don't leave you the way you're used to. You're used to being left, feeling abandoned, bereaved. So don't be upset. Don't be distraught. I am with you. And again, what God is saying is it's better for me to leave. What Jesus is saying is better for me to leave so that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. So a question for all of us is, is this what you want? Do we want to be filled with peace? Do we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Do we want God to journey with us in our lives? Do we want God to manifest himself in us? Is this something we really want? And I, I remember when I was 16 years old, um, we, uh, I wasn't really a Christian or kind of my parents were Christians, but I didn't go to church for quite a while, maybe four years. And they did this course that was called Life in the Spirit. And basically, it's, it was a, a course in our youth group, and they were talking, everyone's sharing experiences of how they'd met the Holy Spirit and how one person was kind of all shaky and another person saw uh, a vision and another person started speaking tongues and another person fell to the floor. And I, I kind of heard all these experiences of what God could do and it created in me a bit of a hunger. I thought, well, this is not what I thought church was about. This is really exciting, actually. This is like Harry Potter meets Jesus in it. In a good in a good sense, there's the kind of there's something supernatural about it. It's something more to just a, a set of rules and a set of of kind of guidance we follow. It's a bit more than religion here. It's something real here. Um, so I remember um, I, I said, well, I, I want to experience more of that. Uh, and I remember I, I asked God for maybe two or three months. Well, I, I want to experience what it is, and I want to receive this gift of tongues. And one day I was um, at a conference. And suddenly these strange language words started coming out of my mouth. And I started speaking in tongues. And I thought, wow, this is, this is real. Like, this is real stuff. This is for all of us. This is not for the super spiritual. Um, this is, like, for everyone. This is amazing. This is what we are meant to, to live out. This is the life that God has for us. Um, and from then, that has been always my, my kind of go-to way of living the faith. Because it's a faith that's not dead, it's not religion, it's an experience with the living God. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in each and every one of our lives. And no matter age, no matter where we come from, no matter background, that's what the Holy Spirit wants us to live out. That's a life in the church. That's why church is exciting and not boring. Because we have a, a living God, a Holy Spirit that works in and through us and wants to do maybe some amazing things through us. And one thing I love about all of this is there's a kind of degree of, of mystery to the Holy Spirit, isn't there? It's not, again, as I was mentioning before, it's not a power we control. It's not something that we can direct and say, this is what you're going to do. There's a, uh, there's a sense of, of independence of the Spirit that He does whatever He wants. He invites us to join in, but, but the Spirit is, is alive and mysterious. And that's, that's really a bit unknown, and that makes it Him really special, doesn't it? It's quite exciting as well, surprising. It's not a math formula like A plus B is equal C. He's a, he's a person that does whatever he wants. 
And as I, as I start closing, I just want to um, recap something that, or a few things that Sean shared this morning. So Sean preached this morning in, th in the morning service. And for some reason, he had someone sitting here for, what, 10 minutes building his Legos. I, I'm not sure why, but Sean just wanted someone to build Legos for him. So he just got them to sit down here and, and build Legos. And after that, he, he did his best try to speak in Spanish, which he read something in Spanish and nobody understood. We were looking for interpretation of tongues and nobody interpreted what Sean was trying to say in Spanish. Um, and he ended up asking someone to drink some lemon juice with balsamic vinegar. And, uh, I, and they were trying to eat <laughs> fake pims, yeah, fake pims. Um, and, and their re response was, um, was actually, this is not as disgusting as I thought it would be. Um, but it was a really good talk and, and actually is encouraging us to try and be filled and to try and, and really seek that, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it just triggered in my mind uh, on Sundays when, when we come in, in the cafe over there, they put juice up and they, they put some squash for the kids. And my kids, because they don't get squashed that often at home, they go from one glass, finish it, another, another, and another. They just don't stop drinking because they, they love juice. And because they like the squash, they want to drink as much as they can. And I think once we experience God's presence, once we've tasted it, it's so nice that we want to have more and more and more. We just need to sometimes try a bit of that juice and realize, actually, this is amazing. This is what I want. And then have more and more and more. Um, and I think a bit like the kids with the juice, that they'll always go back because they've tasted something that's amazing. I think for us, sometimes we taste it and then we forget how good it was. And I think God is calling us to say, do you want this? Do you want to experience my presence? Do you want to experience my peace? Do you want to experience my presence in and through you? So... Today, I'm not going to give you any practical advice of how to live this out, but I just want us to try and experience his presence together. Um, so I'm going to invite Sean and the band and uh, the prayer team as well. And God wants us to experience his presence. He wants us to be filled. He wants us to be in a loving, deep relationship with him. And we'd love to pray for you. And we'd love to pray for everyone here if, if that's what you want. Uh, we'd love to just pray a very short prayer so nobody's going to touch you, nobody's going to do anything strange, but I'm just going to invite you to come forward and we're just going to place our hand on top of your head but without touching you and just pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you, if that's all right. So I'm going to invite everyone to stand now and as we worship, I'm going to invite everyone, if, if you'd be bold enough, just to come for a second. We'll say a short prayer um, and then you can go back to your seats um, as we worship God together. But I, I really want to encourage everyone to come forward and we're just going to say a short prayer. Just put our hand on top of your head without even touching and just pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you. So if, if you're able, I'm going to invite you to come forward. And I know it's, it's not easy, but if we can all come forward, that'd be easier for us all to come forward. And obviously, if you feel very uncomfortable, you don't need to. But I'm just going to say a short prayer and then invite us all to come. Holy Spirit, you are here. We can already sense your presence. We already sense that you are in this place. We know you're here, but we also can sense that you're moving. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you would touch each and every one of us. We want to sense your presence. We want to be aware that you're here. 
we want to get that excitement that we get by engaging with the supernaturally, with your presence amongst us. So come, Holy Spirit, fill us now. Amen. So I'm going to invite us, if, if you can come, we'll just say a short prayer for you.